0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Fizz Podcast, where we talk everything interior design, education, family, and owning it. I'm your host, Cynthia Soda, interior design professional, business owner, wife, and mama four. It looks like I have purple drapes. I don't, they're gray. My screen on my computer is terrible. <laughs> it really does look like it's purple Yep, yeah, they're gray um I have this problem when I wear black it always looks like I'm wearing like head-to-toe purple I don't know why it's just I need a new computer <laughs> it's like uh it's like the what's it called um
1: do you see purple oh, no was it blue or yellow oh, the or blue like- yeah
0: the dress the blue and gold or the blue black and, gold, and, and yeah. black and blue bo- uh yeah blue or gold I don't know that was the crazy thing so I'm like yep yeah, well We're here. This is happening. Welcome to the Fizz Podcast. Thank you everybody for joining in again today. I have a very special guest with me. uh, One of my design sisters, um, Erica Gelman from Erica Gelman Design. Uh, We are going to be talking about brand identity today, and I really just kind of feel like from the outside looking in, this girl is killing it, and I thought she would be willing to share some trade secrets and maybe some blenders along the way, if you're game for that, Erica.
1: (laughs) Oh my gosh, so I am um, no filter um, all the time, (laughs) and I'm so excited actually about this topic because I do have so many mistakes that I would love to share.
0: Awesome. Okay, so give uh, all of the people listening a little bit of insight into your background, kind of where you came from, where you went to school, studied. How this how did this come about to create character okay. Design? <laughs>
1: um, so I actually um, went to school at the International Academy of Design. So I am a formally trained designer, uh, which I'm actually really super proud about because I know that some people Me kind too. of just like... Yeah. Right. I <laughs> am. Yeah. Like, and I got my NCIDQ. Those are things I'm really proud of, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, you know, you need to like, you need to get your feet wet before just like jumping into this business. And I find that sometimes it, all, it doesn't always happen. So mm-hmm. yes, I am a formally trained designer. Um, I went to the Academy of Design. I graduated a million years ago and I, am. Um, kind of just dabbling really in like all different kind of sectors of the design industry until I realized that I just wanted to stick to residential design. And I've always really loved the high-end market. It did not start out that way, but that's where we are right now. Um, So we do predominantly full service, turnkey interior design for high-end residential.
0: And when you said that it didn't always feel that way where you didn't always love, was it because you didn't always love the high-end residential or it just didn't always happen?
1: No, I just wasn't getting high-end residential.
0: Oh, got it.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You need to work your way up to get to like
0: big budgets. Right. Exactly. But you also need to have uh brand identity that these people who have these high-end budgets are willing to or can identify with in order to make that connection even happen. I feel like this topic to me is really interesting. And I actually talked about it earlier this week. The timing of this podcast recording ended up being kind of funny because I talked about this earlier this week um with the collective actually on their um, live Zoom and I feel like a lot of people confuse brand with like their logo. It's not just about your logo. No. So to me, it's like what comes from inside of you and pushing that out into the world. And the world has to see that also because it's what the client sees is your brand, not necessarily what you're pushing, putting out there. Right. Yeah.
1: Oh my okay. gosh. It's, um, it, I mean, it does coincide a little bit. Um, I, to be honest, didn't really, so I never went to like business school. Um, so I didn't really know, I don't think what brand identity was. Cause I think that that's something you kind of learn more on like the business side of things. Um, so I actually, I didn't know what it was and I think that I've learned the hard way and also don't forget. So when I started, um, so we're going back to, I graduated, I wasn't going to say, cause it states me, but, um, I graduated, I think in like 2003. So we're, I graduated 18 years ago and I've been on my own since 2008. So like 13 okay. years.
0: Wow. Yes.
1: Yeah. I know. My God, I feel so old saying that.
0: That's so so, easy. You <laughs> only graduated three years before me though. So whatever.
1: It's fine. Oh, you graduated in, in 2006. 2000. Okay. Yeah. So w- when I graduated, um, And, or even when I was getting started, so, you know, from graduation to even starting my business, even, um, escalating my business. So even like starting like uh, baby steps, there was no social media there, like. Facebook only came about in, I think I only joined in like 2006, although not that that's like a great kind of like marketing tool, maybe a little bit now, but not that it was that back then it was just completely for, I think like the social aspect of it. But you know, now where all these like media platforms really kind of help push a brand. We didn't have that, like we didn't have that luxury. So it was a completely different form of marketing at that point, and like brand recognition, and um, it was something that I wasn't really used to. It wasn't really accustomed to. I really didn't know kind of what, kind of like the who and the what and the where and the how of all of all this. So for me, I think it was really like it really became like a trial and error. Like I knew how I knew how I wanted to be represented. But I didn't know how to actually make that happen and make uh, a brand like awareness for myself and for my clients. Like, I just, I didn't know how to do that. Um, So like I said, I think that it's really been like trial and error. Um, It's really been something that I don't think I was doing very well. And I will be the first person to admit it um, from the beginning. And I think that starting, like if I were to start a business now, it probably would have been a lot easier
0: just given, like I said, like all these different, everything in hindsight though, everything in hindsight, right? Like it would be easier now, but because you've already gone through the struggles, it should be, (laughs) it should (laughs) be easier. Well, (laughs) you said though, you said something interesting. You said, I knew how I wanted to be represented which I already feel is a little ahead of the curve. Because a lot of the times when we're starting businesses, like you don't necessarily know if that's the way if you, how you want to be represented, if that's the right if that's going to attract the right kinds of people. So wh- what would you say is how you wanted to be represented and then how did that evolve or change?
1: So um okay, that's a two parter for me because mm-hmm. A, yes, I knew my personal style and I knew the interiors that I was most comfortable and really kind of the best at. However, when you're starting a business, you don't get to pick and choose clients. Mm-hmm. So that is what going to be, that's, that's my second part you are almost, I don't want to say stuck, but you're almost in a position where I was. So let's not talk for everybody, but I felt like I was in a position that I was doing a lot of interiors that never represented the stuff that really kind of spoke to me. And in in terms of style, Mm -hmm. in terms of, um, I actually, funny enough, so this was from the very beginning and I don't know if this was just like intuitive or um, I don't know what, what, what it was, but I never took pictures of spaces that I didn't do the, like, let's say I, whole thing back then I was doing like a, like per room basis. So let's say I did uh, a family room and it was open to a kitchen that I didn't design. I actually wouldn't photograph that project at all. If you're able to see a space that I didn't do, especially one that I didn't want to be associated with like the design. So I was doing a lot of like, you know, cookie cutter, like, uh, builders homes in like in the area. And I was just, you know, decorating and doing like, you know, finishes and stuff. That's to me how I was like, really got started. And a lot of these people never really like upgraded their kitchens. It was just the kitchen that they purchased from a builder's basic home. And even back then going back, I remember saying like, I don't want that in my picture. Like, I don't want people to look at this picture on my website And say, oh, yeah, I want her to design something like that because I didn't want to be designing that. Yeah. So that to me was like that, you know, I knew how I wanted to be represented. Now, I wasn't.
0: How you didn't didn't want to be represented. Right. And how
1: I didn't want to be. (laughs) However, I wasn't always given the opportunity to design how, like, at my comfort level. So, Because a lot of, you know, you you try to build a portfolio and a lot of times when you try to build a portfolio or when you really just are starting to develop a clientele and really start getting like the wheels in motion for your business, um, you, your quote unquote ideal client doesn't usually come about in in the very early stages of your project. And if Mm -hmm. it does consider yourself so lucky. Like That's just, that's how I always felt. Like I was always kind of like, I almost, number one, I didn't know when my, my ideal client would be until much later, but I knew kind of like where would be my, like I said, like my comfort zone, like things that I really was super passionate about. And, but I, unfortunately I had to take on projects that I might've not been super passionate about. And I could 100% say that I regret doing those projects because even up until now, and, and I'm much more picky with the projects that we take on because I want to be 100% invested. And if it doesn't represent my brand, I'm not 100% invested in that project and I'm doing a disservice to myself and to a paying client. So I that's something that has taken me like 13 years, well, probably a decade to learn. Um, But yeah, I think that that's kind of, that to me was like my biggest, I think like light bulb moment where I was like, no, I I don't want to take a picture of the space. And I don't want people to think that I'm designing kitchens that look like that or, um, you know, I remember I worked with, um, actually really nice, like millwork for a client. We did, I did like full millwork design for her home office. And it was just, it was so beautiful. Like the, the cabinetry was done really well. Like the configuration, we ended up breaking a wall, make like making a little bit bigger anyways. Um, and then she furnished it with, I'm not going to name the place where she furnished it from, but I will say it's a big box store Mm -hmm. and it has a red logo (laughs) and everyone goes there to like to stage so um she furnished it all with like all pieces from that like her desk chair her carpet like she went and did it you know she went rogue and like went and did it all on her own um and I just it really tarnished Like the whole look for me and I never photographed it, which I probably in hindsight, like looking back, it was, oh my gosh, a million years ago. But I probably should have just photographed at that point, like the, the millwork, but I was, it just didn't sit well with me to photograph such like a beautiful kind of like background, Um. excuse me. And, and then have like the forefront, which is the decor pieces. To be so inexpensive. And I felt like it made the rest of the room feel just
0: as inexpensive. Just cheapened the whole process and the whole design for you. Yeah. Yeah. So how would you say, um, because like I said at at the outset, branding is about how your clients perceive you. Like your brand is how your clients perceive you. And when they perceive you the way you want them to, then that's, you know, that's, that's what, that's the dream, right? That's what we always want. So how do you define it? How would you define your particular brand?
1: Um, So I'm still, like I still think that I'm a work in progress every day. Like Mm -hmm. I never want to be at that point where I'm like, yeah, it's all good. I'm not changing anything. Like this is it. I I constantly feel like I, myself as a person, I'm always evolving. Mm -hmm. And um, as I evolve, my business evolves, my clients evolve. I think right now, um, like what my, what I, my brand is and how I want to be perceived and how I want clients to perceive us is that we are a luxury service and we provide really high end. um, We are 100% completely customizable. Like we're, I say customizable, like we do probably 80% custom pieces in our spaces. So anything from the millwork to the custom furnishings, to custom rugs, um, lighting, everything, lighting, building a light. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, or if not, it has, it's like really good pieces. Like I never want it. And let's say I were to take on a project. Let's just say, and the, it's not really so much derived from a budget. It still is because you can't, you still have to be realistic. But mm-hmm. let's just say the budget wasn't that high, but we had complete creative control and did everything our way. I would still be able to put ourselves in a category of like a luxury design because right. it, would be, right. it would be executed com- from our complete vision. So and, and do I think that a budget plays a part in that? Yes. Um, but I also think it's like it's the hand in hand with the creativity and really like make our spaces feel really unique. Like I wouldn't say that we have like we're not we're definitely not cut and paste. So every interior is completely curated for the space and for that client. Um, but they always have our signature on them. And that's kind of when like when I look at the space, like I, I know I mean, it's, I'm like, it's like for,
0: <laughs> for me I feel like you're in an, and I, I I always feel like this is valuable to hear other people's views on what they yeah. see right but I feel like you can you have that um and listening to you speak you have that often imitated never duplicated kind of thing going right it's like no matter how hard you try you cannot get this exact thing because this yeah. exact mm-hmm. thing was custom designed for so-and-so and you also can't find that in the stores this we designed we had this built. Right, yep. and that's kind of what I, I love about it, and why. Again, um, I gave you a few options to choose from for this episode, but it's it's interesting, and it's good that you kind of honed in on this brand one. Um, what would you say some of your mistakes were that you made? Oh my god,
1: <laughs> so
0: many, honestly. But I'll will tell you what they were.
1: But um, also, sorry. Okay, sorry. Um, I feel like making those mistakes were probably the best thing for me. Um, I think repeating mistakes is really where you kind of get stuck. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I always say this, like make a mistake, figure out what the mistake was, learn from it and then move on and never do it again. And if you keep making those same mistakes, that's where you end up being in like this, like tangled web of something. Right. So I'll tell you, I know, I know where our mistakes were where my mistakes were. So, um, a, like I said, originally taking on projects that didn't speak to me, um, regardless of what they were. Um, so it could have been, you know, that the homeowner, didn't maybe respect my time and my opinion as much and was maybe kind of using it as like a using our services as just you know a commodity like oh we have a designer and she can assist with like filler because that happens too and I think that that's maybe like not spoken about
0: right yeah Um, it's like almost like they're using us to make sure that Um, not that they don't make a mistake, but just like that you, you're there as almost like backup or assurance that they can kind of keep doing things the way that they want to do it anyways. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: And half the time you're like, why am, why am I here? here? Just pick your own thing then. Like, I don't know what I'm doing here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yes. So, um, that was, that's definitely one of them. Um, also letting clients take over projects was my biggest, still is, um, huh. mistake because it happens. And I think that it has to be, like, it's something that happens a lot in our industry. And that is the easiest way, the easiest way to um, A, have a project go rogue and B, for you to completely lose your own identity on that
0: project. So when yeah, I say you like your with identity. That. Yeah. Bungle up your brand that way for sure. And that was the thing too. It was interesting. I've been like knee deep in a project and I'm picking all these samples and we're really excited about it. Me and the whole team, like we're all excited about it. We're showing it to them and they're like, oh. and then they start nitpicking at every little thing to the point where even on the design end and the professional side of it, you're like, okay, we need to get this done just pick whatever you want and we'll put it in because like you clearly don't even care about what we want to do here. We've planned it for you. You're happy with that. And now you're just going to put whatever you want in it. Again, I don't know why we're here, but you don't want to ever get to that position with clients. And it's almost like a slow burn. When that's the them taking over, right? Yeah. It's that slow burn and you don't, they start to just nitpick, nitpick, nitpick. And then it's like a little chip away and a little chip away and a little chip away. And then you start, like you said now you're working on a project that you're not passionate about anymore. And that's not where any of us want to be.
1: Right. And, and also I remember even, um, going like way back. So when I was like thinking about our, our podcast today, I was like, just thinking of like all these scenarios that had happened. And I once worked with like, just like the loveliest girl. She was my neighbor. And, um, She's like, oh, I just need you to come help me pick light fixtures. And this is something that I say all the time. So to anyone who's listening, um, if you are starting a design business and you're working on your own, you it needs to be made aware. You do not jump in to full scale projects. Day one, you literally take whatever is thrown at you. So if somebody calls you and says, hey, can you come help me pick a light fixture in my dining room? I'll pay you by you the go. hour. Okay. <laughs> You're like, okay, I'm there. No problem. <laughs> you are like, well, I don't really have a budget like to pay you. But like, don't worry about it. I'll just, I'll help you. Like I, you need my help. I will help you. So I just want to make that. I tell, I tell that story to everybody like that. You, like, I probably did not make money for the first I don't even want to say cause it's probably embarrassing for like a really long time. Um, because I just wanted to create and that to me meant doing anything and everything that was like design related. So yeah. So I was taking on projects where I was just going and helping people select light fixtures and not being paid probably what I was worth, but Who knows? Because I was just starting off then, but um. So anyway, so I was working with uh, this neighbor of mine who I was just helping her select light fixtures, and the house—it was like the main floor was a very small house, and she—it was super traditional. Like I don't want to say gaudy. Like it wasn't gaudy. It was just like really like outdated and um. Not on your brand. (laughs) So not my brand. Um, and I was but. I was choosing light fixtures that I would want to design with,
0: yes. and
1: they came I've to the house. So I, she, right, so she yeah. she liked the fixtures that we like that we were choosing. We actually went to a store and we were selecting them, and she liked them all in the store. And then they come to the house, and like they're still great fixtures but they don't have anything to do with like her actual furniture pieces or like really like the vibe of the whole house. And I like, and then so she's like, okay, like how can we, you know, modernize things? Cause I love these fixtures. Like how, what else can we do? And then it becomes a little bit of this like domino effect, but really all you're doing is like arts and crafts at this point. So, you know, (laughs) we put up some wallpaper and we're like, oh yeah, that's really modern wallpaper. Now we have, modern wallpaper with these like modern light fixtures. And then we have this like really outdated, no tie between the two, um, (laughs) furniture, drapery, like even the accessories. And then like, you know, then we have these throw pillows that are on their like last life, you know, like the pancake ones. And Mm -hmm. the space was done. It was like complete. And and you know, we put some we brought in some rugs. And then I was like, okay, well I'm a designer. So, you know, and, and I'm people always say this, like, oh, well, you're a designer, you should be able to, like, piece it together. Because they watch, you know, shows, like, on HGTV. Any and, show.
0: You know, Any and, show. Right, <laughs> Any design yet. show.
1: Any design show. And, you know, they're like, oh, well, if you're creative, like, you should make it work. So, you know, so then we added a couple of rugs. And then I was like, well, you know, if we're adding some rugs, we should probably, like, you know, should probably be a little bit more traditional. I hated the rugs. I thought they were so gross. Like, But I put them in there because I was trying to you know, have these like, yeah, like blend everything in together. And it was, it, it looked like she loved it. Like she was really happy with it, but then I thought about this and this is something that has a, this is huge brand representation. So she was happy with it because she still liked her furniture. It's not about her anymore at that point. It's about Mm -hmm. all the people that are going to walk into her house. And she's, she's not going to tell them that that's her grandmother's sofa. She's going to say, I worked with Erica Galman and uh-huh. she designed my entire main floor.
0: That's almost in this, like where you want the flip situation where have you ever had the clients, like just, they don't say that they worked with a designer and they try to pretend like they took the whole thing and ran yeah. with oh, it yeah, themselves. Yeah. You're like, can you be one of those? <laughs> be oh, one yeah. of those. I had nothing but to do with not- this. But
1: that's never the case, though. That's, like, literally never the case. Yes. So it's, you know, so I was, like, I I actually thought about that after the fact. I was, like, well, people are going to walk in there, and they're going to think that, like, that's how I design. And I remember when I was starting, or, like, maybe not just starting, but maybe in it for, like, a couple years, there was another designer in our area. And she was doing, like, really like way better work than me way better I'll be first person to admit it um and her network of people was like a lot like they were spending a lot more money and um I remember speaking to someone who had actually spoken to her as well like just I guess they were like interviewing and she was like yeah like is do you have a minimum of like what we're spending on furniture and I didn't have one at that point I was like no and she's like oh well this other designer, and we're well, honestly, not going to say names, but this other designer, she gave me like her minimum budget, and I'm, I'm pretty sure we literally started. The, like around the same time. And we were both kind of like working in the same neighborhood. And she's like, Oh, well, she gave me a minimum budget of how she like how much she wants like me to spend on furniture. And I was like, you know, the people pleaser that I am. Um, I was like, Well, no, like it's totally at your comfort level, like whatever you think. And, you know, it we you give me a budget and we'll work within your budget. And like, yes, absolutely. If it's a realistic budget, like we can make <laughs> we can make it work. But yeah. then I'm thinking like, no, I was one hundred percent wrong, and she was one hundred percent right because she was taking pictures left, right, and center of her projects. And let's be honest, like those pictures, those are like that's our bread and butter because yeah. you take yeah. a picture, and that's es- essentially supposed to lead you to your next project. Mm-hmm. So um, I, she had so many pictures in her portfolio, and she was working on like some with some like nice, healthy budgets, and she was executing like everything had you could there was a. a a common thread between all of her projects. And mine weren't like that. Mine were kind of like all over the place. Like anything goes, you have no budget. Great. I'll make it work. You know, like it was kind Mm -hmm. of that FYI rewind uh, fast forward. She's not really in
0: the industry anymore. So, (laughs) so there you go. I mean, your your slow burn, your slow rise to the top was, was a little bit better than her quick jump. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. No, that I I resonate so much with that. And again, people pleaser that I am. Same thing. It's like some clients who have come back from, let's say, years ago when I was willing to just do whatever to make them happy. I just, I'm, it does not give me the warm fuzzies to work on projects I'm not passionate about anymore. And even if I like you, like you're a great person and whatever, it still doesn't mean that, like, I want to design the way that you want me to design. That's the thing that I find tricky is sometimes people are hiring a designer because they just want them to execute what they have in their head, but then you're not working with a professional creative. We are creative at the end of the day. And if you want a project, like the comment that I heard from one of my clients, um, in the past, it was like, they love everything on our portfolio and they love all of that kind of stuff, but then they were nitpicking their own project. And I'm like, so why are you doing that? You know, all those projects that you love that you think look great on our website look great on our website because the client let us have that creative control. If you don't let me have that creative control, number one, it's not going to end up on the website if that's a thing that matters to you at all (laughs) since you seem to like it so much. And number two, it's not going to look like it's not going to be at that same level. So you have to be able to, if you're going to hire somebody, be okay with letting them do
1: their thing. (laughs) Yeah. And that's, that's one of the kind of like big things. So if we like start talking about, you know, the ideal client situation. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that that only stems from past experiences where you kind of know what's not your ideal client. And I will tell people, right. I'll I'll tell them right off the bat. Our most successful projects are projects where we've had complete creative control and the, the projects that did not allow us or that kind of tied our hands back or would make their own changes and here's the funny thing here's the funny thing about changes and revisions so when things go fine they go fine until they don't so if you start letting your clients designers if you start letting your clients or clients if you start making these design decisions, you have to understand that it's now your complete responsibility. So when you walk into that space that your designer actually did not design for you, but that you've made those revisions and changes and you're like, no, you know what? I like this and I like that better. You can't complain that you don't like the end results. You can't because it's now no longer the designer's work. It's now your work in collaboration with this designer. And I always feel that like there's that little switch that kind of comes off that if, if they're unhappy with like, oh, well, like, why don't you tell me?
0: It would look like this. Like I tried. <laughs> I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you that you are not a designer and let me do my job, but you just did not want to listen to me. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, I love that you said that too, because it happens so often on the flip side too, where it's like they value engineer or they change and adjust and pivot and revise to the point where it finally gets done. And after that, let's say so many versions or iterations or revisions, it gets done, they look at it and they're like, oh, should I should have listened to you?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Uh, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, and oh. that, uh, that, and like, that's it. I feel like that's like a huge part in building your brand, because your brand, so, like it has to be recognizable. So again, like none of my stuff looks identical. But like I said, there's all, like, there's like this common commonality. Thread. There's a piece mm-hmm. of me in that design and I'm always evolving so it's always going to change but I want to be super proud of it and if it's no longer me and if it's now you it's now you're, you're you're no longer building your brand you are now you're stuck in a position where you actually can't grow because you're being held back mm-hmm. and I think that that's kind of like the the most important if you are trying to, if you're just want, to, you know, get into the industry and not really have this like brand recognition or know who your brand is. Or, you know, I think that maybe going backwards and figuring out like how you don't want to be represented, Mm -hmm. um, could possibly be the best way to get represent, like to start representing yourself is to kind of go like the opposite. Um, but I feel that if you're, if you don't advocate for yourself and don't, put yourself in a position where, you know, like, you know, that you, that it's not going to fit your brand. I feel like it needs to, there needs to be a conversation. It needs to be said. It needs to be like, there needs to have some sort of light brought to this topic. Um, because it's so important uh, for your next project. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's no longer that about like this project. It's about your next one.
0: That's the thing too, and I remember when I started, I had worked for other design firms um, who just never photographed anything. Half the time it was like we just designed it, gave them the drawings, and then that's it. Contractor just did it. We didn't project manage or anything. The way that the business was set up was a, was a different way, um, and we never photographed anything or saw it done. And so it was so important to me at the beginning to be able to um, – photograph my work to the point where like I would photograph like the first thing that I did and then I'll look back and see on my website some of these projects lingering and I'm like I don't want to be seen like that anymore yeah it was a great project maybe maybe it was a really great project and it was like ground up build or whatever it was but at the same time, it doesn't represent the projects or the clients that I want. And I don't want somebody picking up the phone and saying, oh, I saw such and such a project on your website. And I love that yes. if I don't anymore. Yep. Yeah. Right. Exactly. If it's just like not me, it was more driven by the client because it was a different time in my life. And I just don't want to do that anymore. Then I don't even want that project on there anymore.
1: Oh, yeah. And I, I remember working for... Um, A client and she had very, very, very different personal taste than me. Mm -hmm. And I feel like she hired me to like just be a actually I found out later on that she hired me because she thought like the process was gonna be so different and we were gonna go shopping together and we were gonna be like that?"
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. yeah. We're so not shopping she thought, you know, together.
1: She, she thought we were going to be design buddies and we were going to go tag stones together and we were going to go tile shopping and like, no. And she was just so much more out there than like I am. And, you know, everyone has like their own personal taste and their own personal style. But um, I I knew, like, I knew that her her style was going to be like different than mine. But I thought that maybe she wanted more of me than in, like of her. No. And what ended up happening was she actually took over the project, was on site every day, was making changes without even telling us, was like, oh, no, no, no. Like she became my like best friends with the construction crew. And instead of having, instead of them calling us, if there was a question, they would actually be calling her direct. And like I said, she was making all these changes and revisions. And you know what happened? And I will be more than happy to tell the story because I feel like it was one of those mistakes that like, be careful not to make. When it came to the final bill, she said to me, I don't feel like I need to pay you because I take over the project anyways. I did the design.
0: Mm-hmm. And full disclosure, I have a project that I feel like is heading that way currently. Yep. I don't want to yep. say anything, but like, it's one of those things where I've actually legitimately said, we will do this rendering for you. We will show you now how this is going to work out. If you don't like this at this point, I don't see us continuing to go forward because now it's like, I can't, I'm not just going to pick things that I think that you're going to like. Yeah. I want to create a space for you. If you don't want that from us, then take the plans and everything, all the finishes, all that kind of stuff. You can fill that all in with your contractor, do it yourself, yeah. but I'm not going to. And, and we'll stop the contract at whatever point it is. And you won't owe me anything past what I deliver on. Yes. But I, I, I like you get kind of nervous after you're like, you just want to be able to. And, and that's more than brand, right? That's just customer experience and their and that's their true. expectations, like realistic expectations at the end of the day for what your services are.
1: But why I brought that project up um in particular is because I feel like if she would have if she would have um hired me for my services based on my brand, then she would have had trust in me to execute the way that I thought or I, or like I envisioned, but instead it was her vision mm-hmm. and I was no longer, it wasn't about my brand. It was just, I was that individual who, like I said, like sh- we were going to be design buddies and why that's so important is because you need clients who are going to come to you because they want you right? to, they want your vision they want your experience they want your talent they want your know-how and if they're coming to you just as like like I said like a commodity like you know oh I just want someone to you know I'm going to show them a slab and they're going to say yay or nay it's no you're no longer a brand Mm -hmm. and you're no longer that like you're you're not valuable anymore to that project right so
0: now that's sticking with me a lot yeah sorry
1: that's why I think that having that like just some sort of you know who you are, like knowing who your brand is. Um, you know people always say like oh Eric is so fancy and so like I show up in my like sneaker. That's funny because people used to never see me in flats. Um, and then it kind of almost like also became like part of my brand. But really, like I love sweats. I just just want to put it out there. Like, but everyone's always like, "Erica's so fancy."
0: <laughs> um, until I put all oh, actually, on that note, yesterday I was watching one of your stories, and my daughter came up beside me. And she's like, "Her hair's so shiny, mummy." <laughs> See, so you are so fancy. Even the eleven-year-olds are noticing. <laughs> it's so fun. I,
1: like people say that all the time, and I'm like. What? <laughs> come over to my house like after 5 p.m you won't think I'm so fancy anymore with like my babies and my sweatpants I love it but yeah but that actually became part of my brand which is not necessarily a bad thing um Mm -hmm. because it like it was like people were like oh yeah like I know that you you know you're, you're gonna do like higher end work and like you know it almost like that word kind of fancy almost became like it's like part of my identity. And I think it also mm-hmm. became part of like my brand. Like, so if you wanted something that was like super casual and like down to earth, and you know, you wanted to go to like the market to like pick reclaimed furniture, which like, I no. to be honest, I actually love, but those people weren't coming to me. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Because that's not where I, that's not my sweet spot.
0: So not how you positioned I, yourself either.
1: Right. So I think that's kind of like that word fancy, like kind of just like stuck in all aspects of um, like who I am as a person. And then also who my brand, what my brand represents, which is kind of like a little bit more of that, like,
0: you know, the fancy interior. Mm-hmm. That's it. But it's like when they say dress for the job you want, not the job you have. Right. Yeah. So that's one of those things. You still always show up. The way that you want to be represented and that translates to how your projects show up or how you do those projects because you want them to always come back to that, that fancy. Yeah, exactly. So mine is like, I just recently went through kind of a whole branding exercise to figure out what it was that I wanted to bring to the table and for me it's like the fun it's the bubbles you know like it's the fizz like for me that's the thing right and now how do I pull that and make sure that all of my projects still somehow represent that that's it's it's an art form really right and you yeah. I feel like you're right in saying that it is constantly of everybody's a work in progress I don't think it's fair to say that we have it nailed nailed it's just that some people maybe are doing a really good job maybe right. better than others <laughs> Um yeah no that's uh it's definitely um interesting and like you said it's knowing your per- persona knowing who you are because you are your brand and as soon as right. you start falling apart actually one question i had on that or a little discussion to have about that is it's not i don't feel like enough to just have you be that person that pushes that brand outside you also have to be able to translate and the people that work with you all have to be kind of along the same page. Have you ever had an opportunity or a time where that didn't quite jive? Yeah, for sure. Um,
1: I don't think those team members last and, and that's why also I think that it's funny. I actually just did a podcast where we were talking about like team like team building. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that we were saying is that like you know you have to have a very clear core base and uh, i think everyone on that team really has to be on board and it goes the same way with like with your brand so um i'm you know because like because you know we're quote unquote fancy so we like we have oh sorry (laughs) so we have days where like we can dress down but like i'll have to call it i'll be like okay guys like we can all dress down on like friday or like when we do an install but otherwise like we come dressed up to work every single day Mm -hmm. And, like, the girls will always say, like, Erica will call you out on it, like, if you're not and or like I'll walk in with like you know like let's say I'm like the last one to come in um I remember actually a couple weeks ago one of my juniors is like she she saw me and I was probably wearing heels or something and she's like oh my god I forgot to take off my boots like when the snow was still on the ground (laughs) and like I think that that kind of like triggered and I I really like I like that like I I want if anyone ever walks into my office I want them to know that like we're all put together like we all showed up for the job Mm -hmm. and and that like that to me is really important. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like there's, there's, and, and I would know, like if there's a time where like, the, like people who were, um, representing me didn't do a good job at it. Um, you know, we would either have like a discussion about it or it just didn't end up being long-term because they, they weren't at their comfort level either. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's like one of those like really important things to kind of, you know, understand and like learn
0: from at the very beginning. But again, I think that your brand has something to do with who you're attracting, even on that end, right? Like at the end of the day, the people that are reaching out who want to work for you want to be fancy every day. Like they like that idea too, right? right? Just like the clients that are working with you want that little bit of fancy they want those people, they want to, to get that from you. Um, and it's so, again, I mean, even thinking about like your um, ideal client avatar and who that person is, right? It's. It's interesting if you really think about it, how much that ideal client has so many similarities with you, right? Yeah. In order for that to jive. Um, and I feel like that, that just makes so much sense. And across the board, even with your hires, with all that kind of stuff, like I've been working out of my home my entire time that I've been doing this business and only now have we finally got an office that we're still oh. not in because we're renovating it. And I don't know when the hell that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, so we have an office and we're going to be going into it. And so, but the my team would always show up to my house still dressed up. Yep. Like they're sitting at the dining table, whatever it is. And we're working and going up and down the stairs to our sample room in the basement, but they're still dressed up. And like you, same thing. I would do like a little, I think they love it when I would do that, but I would send a little text message maybe at the end of the night. And I'm like, Hey, Tomorrow we're in sweats. Like I'm tired. We've been working really, really hard. We have no appointments, no, no calls, no nothing. Let's wear our sweats and just like, huh, tomorrow. And and then they and then they can do it, right? It just sets the tone. Yes,
1: absolutely. And I think that's that's kind of the you know when you are um, figuring out who your brand is or what you want your brand to be. I think setting the tone from A to Z is really going to. it's, it's going to put those wheels in motion. Like that's, I think where your, your brand really is going to come to be when you figure that out, when you figure out like, you know, who, who are you, who do you want, or how do you want to be perceived? How do you want your team members to be perceived? Like, how do you, what do you want the, you know, people always will make judgments on who lives in the houses that we make. So they'll be like, oh, like, you know, can you tell us like what they do? And I never do that. Obviously, it's, you know, client confidentiality, but um, you People know, actually that, that? Really? I've that. <laughs> to- oh my god, all the time. So, I love working with young professionals. Like those are I think my ideal clients. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, they I love I I love the hustle. Like I love, you know, from their end the hustle like so I think young professionals is kind of like where I would say like my ideal clients is and, but that's kind of where it like starts and stops, but um, you're hundred percent right. Like you have to understand, um, you know, like you guys have to have like a commonality and then that you understand each other. And mm-hmm. then I think that's also where the trust comes in from because they are, you know, they're, they're going to allow you to shine in your business because they know that they are shining in their own business and they're not like that. Like, I'm good at what I do. So I'm going to hire this girl and oh, you call me a girl. It's great. Like you're. I don't, even care. <laughs> don't call me a woman. I actually hate being called a woman. Sorry. Let's like, totally off topic. Um, but if they're like, Oh, I'm going to hire Erica Galman design and I, we trust what they're doing. They're young professionals we're doing our job well. Let them do their job well. I that's exactly. Yeah, that to me is like that is my ideal client mentality.
0: That that's the same with mine. I I actually mentioned that to a client, a repeat client, this week. Um, I was talking to her again, and I'm just like, I can work with you forever because you like me we'll hire somebody to do something and then let that person do it and not sit there yeah. and try to tell that person how to do their job. So yeah, definitely. That mentality is huge, 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 huge. Um, and also it allows you to keep your brand identity strong, right? Because yes. then that person's going to let you do what you do best and then mm-hmm. you can photograph it and then it shows to the next project and the next one and the next one and the next one. Um, and I just love that. And I feel like the other thing that you touched on, I know that we're talking a long time. You have stop me. I know you're busy today too. you um, <laughs> <That's laughs> You're to like coming back in. Yeah. <laughs> you touched on something about um, just being able to like say no to those people who aren't the right fit. Do you feel like that's ever been hard during a time when maybe the industry wasn't so hot? Do you feel like you still would stick to your guns?
1: No, well, I mean, I don't know. Um, Yes, I think knowing what I know now, yes, absolutely. It's never been for me, in all honesty, it's never been about the money. Mm -hmm. It's always been about the creative process. And it's never been like about, you know, obviously this is my livelihood, but Mm -hmm. that's never been my first and foremost. So knowing what I know now, Absolutely, I would still say no to people who didn't meet my kind of like ideal client criteria. Because Mm -hmm. what I know now is that it it still will not be a successful project. And even if it's it's successful in the sense that like it turned out great and like they're happy, it's not as there's no success on the business because that client that perhaps you're working on for like a whole year or two years doesn't actually get you to your other clients. So it it almost like I said, like, I feel like it puts you in a position where it's very difficult to move forward. So I don't know if taking on clients that don't meet your criteria are doing any service to you at all.
0: No, no, I agree. I, um, I love that. I love so much about what we talked about. I feel like we touched on everything I wanted to talk about and really it feels like it's about kind of sticking to your guns and knowing who you are not being afraid to put that out there right I think for the longest time I was afraid to be like this is the stand that I will take When, like you said when you're starting out you just take on anything you're like yeah sure I'll do it like this yeah I'll do it like that yeah I'll do it like that and it's nice to be in a position now where you can finally have grown and just say you know what no I want to do it like this this is why you hired me. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for sharing. I know you have to go back to another one of your fancy installs. Um, I love it. Uh, tell everybody who is listening where they can find you, and we will put some info in the show notes for everybody. Okay, um, come see me on my
1: Instagram. I probably reply to everyone, um, on my own. So you can see me at Erica underscore Galman um, on Instagram, or you can come visit us on our website. Um, not as interactive, but you can come see our work at www.ericagalman.com
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Erica. I really appreciate Thank you coming you. out. And if anybody has any questions, you can send an, in, an email out to me at info at sodapopdesignca and I will make sure that Erica gets it. Thanks so much, ladies. Thank you. Have Bye. A good one. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. You're welcome. Bye. Please join us next time on the Fizz Podcast and make sure to subscribe to get all future episodes as they drop. Hit the like button in iTunes and leave a comment. Until next time.